The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass, presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. To all the new people, we're glad you're here. And to everyone that's been listening, we're also glad you're here. Be sure to hit subscribe and you'll get notified each week when we drop the next episode. A big challenge in parenting can be making sure children get proper nutrition. It's especially difficult when kids are young. Why are they so picky? Also, life is busy. It's tough to make an extravagant meal every evening. Well, here to tackle the issue is Tanya Murray. Tanya is a college professor who has spent years focusing on this very issue. She has a lot to say. She has a lot of amazing ideas. And I just think you're going to get a lot from this. Let's check it out. Uh, and, and maybe because of a medical condition, they have a lot of sensory issues. So for them, the feel of food in their mouth becomes a problem. So mm-hmm. some kids might really reject things that are crunchy and other kids might really reject things that are smooth. So that's an issue that you know can really kind of drive how kids choose their foods and reject foods. Um, one interesting thing that I think can give parents a lot of comfort is that one of the real reasons behind picky eating is genetics. We now know there is DNA that influences our eating preferences. And so, you know, if your kid is really rejecting certain foods, um, it could really just be part of their DNA. And and I think that there's some comfort in that. And I I like to to tell parents, um, you know, there's a lot of food in the world. And and if there's a couple foods that you don't like and you don't choose to eat them, you can get those nutrients from other sources. And so our children, you know, kind of are the same now you know, we, we want them to have a variety of foods. And when they're young, they are getting exposed to lots of new things. Um, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, those are, you know, really common foods that kids dislike. And part of that is because they smell bad. I mean, when you cook Mm. them, they stink Mm. and, and kids really have really heightened senses. And so for them, you know, they're, you're introducing them to something new, this thing of broccoli and it smells awful. And, and so it, you know, it really shouldn't surprise us that kids are going to look at that and kind of think, I'm not sure I want to eat that. So one of the tricks um, with, with kids is, that, is knowing that sometimes it just takes a lot of exposure. They may need to see that food up to 15 times before they're going to be interested in eating it. So when parents are dealing with picky eaters, um, it's important to know why, because it could be one of these you know, genetic issues. It could also just be a stage of development, which is very common for kids to just around the age of two, um, we see a lot of kids kind of become really selective in their eating and start to reject things. And there's a lot of reasons for it. One is if you think about how your child has developed around the age of six months or so, you're starting to introduce the solid foods and they find that interesting and fascinating. And they're so excited to participate in the eating. They've been watching their parents eat, they're grabbing for food at the table. You know, they really want to do what what the other people in their lives are doing, which is eating solid food. So that becomes a fun thing. And 
you know, they're learning how to master that, like getting the food into their mouth and using utensils and all of that is just interesting. But, you know, around the age of two, they kind of got it figured out and now they want to move on. You know, now they've got like other stuff they want to think about. They want to run around. They want to like explore new things. They're discovering their own independence and eating just becomes one more avenue for them to explore their independence. And so sometimes it really is that they want some control over this situation. And as a parent, you can do things there. You can say, okay, I can give you some control. Do you want peas or green beans for dinner tonight, right? I mean, either way, I'm getting you a green vegetable. So I can, I can live with that. And you as a toddler now get to have a little bit of control over that, that decision. And that might make them more likely to participate. But there's lots of other little tricks that yeah. you can use. Well, you touched on a lot of things that are interesting. Like kids do just really have heightened senses, like even hearing, you know, it'll be something loud and you see the little kids really covering their ears and for them yeah. probably bitter is super bitter. And exactly, exactly. And, and infants even have more taste buds than grownups. And so, you know, when you see infants um, kind of fill their mouth with food, they have taste buds in their cheeks, which, you know, well, we lose over time, but yeah. If only you could go back to tasting like how it feels for an infant or something. And not just that, you know, you and I taste things differently. Um, we're, you know, we all have different preferences. So to me, something might taste very bitter. And to you, you may not pick up on that. And, and so when I'm telling a child, I don't understand why you don't like this. I mean, I, I, it, it's, you know, could be just that they have different tastes. Yeah, we all have our own experience. And then yeah. the other thing that was interesting to me is this idea of giving kids control, like little kids, like toddlers or babies, like just throwing their food on the ground. You're saying actually giving them some choices. I guess that would work for like a two-year-old or something. If you can have this or this, and then they feel a little more empowered in a way. huh? Yeah. And I think even before the age of two, Having your kids be a part of the process with, you know, preparing the meal and thinking about the meal, reading books to kids that have pictures of foods that you would like them to try. Um, all of that kind of exposure is really helpful and helps them kind of understand. I can remember my youngest daughter, one of her favorite books had a little boy who gets a yam. And, and the whole story is about this river and a yam. And she wanted yams all the time. Every time we would go to the grocery store, she wanted a yam. And it was very connected to this book. Uh. And, and um, you know, so I think that kind of thing. But when, you know, you've got a toddler and they're really having a hard, you're having a hard time getting them to eat. They're possibly just bored with the whole experience. So make it a little more interesting for them. So some tricks that you could do would be whatever you're serving, allow them to maybe have a dip. So they get to dip it. Um, that act of dipping, you know, that's their getting some control. And, and, you know, dips can be very nutrient dense. You can choose hummus and yogurt, tzatziki. Um, you know, there's lots of things that you could offer your kid as a dip that also have nutrients in them. So, um, but I, I am not opposed to ranch as a dip if it's uh -huh. a vehicle to get kids to eat. That was the first their, thing I thought veggies. of was ranch dip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. And, and I mean, it is a kind of a universal dip. And while there's very little nutrient value in ranch dip, if, if you have a child who loves carrot sticks, but you can't get them to eat any other vegetable, if you give them some carrot sticks because you know they like those, 
but you also give them some other vegetables. So maybe some green beans that have been slightly cooked so they're a little soft, but they can still be dipped in ranch. Um, maybe some cucumber sticks, some other things that you'd like them to try and just have that as a selection so that they can try to play around with that. And, and they're gonna be more likely, but I would also just kind of reiterate Patience is so important as a parent. And this is one of these issues that requires a great deal of patience. So like I said earlier, some kids are gonna need to be exposed to these new foods many, many times before they're gonna be willing to try it. And that will happen and be much more likely if the environment in which they're being exposed to these foods is positive. Because if I put new foods in front of my kid and say, you know, I don't understand why you won't eat this. Your kid, your sister likes this. What's the matter with you? Why can't you like this? We all like this. Why can't you like uh, this? I mean, we, you know, you're setting uh, up a power struggle and, and you're also creating a negative environment. The whole trap you can fall into is getting food to be this combative thing or being like, okay, no, take three more bites. What do you think of that? Take three more bites philosophy. Well, I think it comes down to kind of that clean your plate club approach where what we do as a parent when we do that is that we are telling our kids not to listen to their body, but to listen to me. So I will tell you when you're full. I will tell you when you're hungry. And over time, kids will learn to tune out their very own body signals, which are very useful and very skilled and can in fact tell a child it's time to back off from eating. You know, you're satisfied. You don't need to reach the state of absolutely stuffed. You can just stop when you're satisfied. Those signals get turned off if they're constantly being told, don't listen to those signals. Listen to me, your parent, tell you when to stop eating. This can be really challenging as a parent, especially if you grew up with that kind of environment, which many of us did, including me, um, where we were expected to eat was, was on our plate and not waste food. So I would challenge parents to really think through that conversation they're having with their kids. And instead of putting food on their plate, a parent can provide nutrient choices, nutrient dense choices of food. They can decide when we're going to eat because, you know, you have to schedule the day, but allow the child to decide how much and even if they're going to eat the food. So this is a big mind shift for, for parents, you know, and, 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 uh, and I think it's helpful to imagine the goal, it, hopefully, is that you're thinking of the long game of your kids. You know, what you want for your kids is to develop really healthy eating habits and also a healthy relationship with food. So if that's what you want, then, you know, there are certain things you're going to have to do to set them up for that. And one of them is to let them listen to their body and to hear those signals and to stop eating when they're satisfied. Kids have small stomachs. A portion size that's appropriate for a child is really what will fit in the palm of your hand. And so a child's hand is smaller than an adult hand. Um, yeah. So, you know, giving them smaller amounts of food with lots of different variety and letting them eat multiple times that, you know, they're going to get a lot more in that way and they won't be stuffed and then starving, stuffed and then yeah. starving. It's the idea that they'll just, they'll eventually eat when they're hungry. They will. And, and I think that um, parents sometimes can experience a lot of stress trying to imagine, did my kid get all their nutrients today? And, and if you can expand your thinking from just one day to many days or even a week, it can really alleviate some of that pressure because even picky eaters tend to get the nutrients they need over the course of a week. Yeah. Well, and kids have growth spurts too, and times where they're just kind of the same size for a while. And that is true. And, and that really does dictate, I mean, you know, this is true if you have an infant and you, it's just so 
um, clear when you have an infant because they're starving and they're just eating a ton. And then all of a sudden they're not interested in food anymore and, you, and they don't want to eat. And, and they're listening to their bodies and they are going through growth spurts and it does match up. Yeah. One thing I think about with all this is how life is so busy and so intense and just getting by is hard. And then it's like, oh, I have to make this meal and do these dishes. Or if I have a little kid, try to make a fun experience for them. All of that can feel like a lot. For sure. And I, I do think that, you know, to, we all have to kind of be fair to ourselves and and know that, you know, the course of a week, you know, you know, let yourself, there are days where, you know, you may just have to go with a fast food drive through And that's just, the day is just dictating that. And, and I don't think you should beat yourself up for that. I mean, again, it's the long game, a bigger picture, you know, on other days of that week, try to do it a different way. You know, maybe one of the things as a family you can commit to is when you have a day during the week where you're not busy and working, maybe it's a weekend day, you can, as a family, prepare some food for the week so that it's easier to grab some things. Maybe that means cutting up some produce so that you've got it easy to access and, and easy to make a salad or to, you know, whatever. Or maybe it's pre-making some meals that you can keep in the freezer so that you've got them and you can, you can put them in the oven real quickly or microwave them real quickly. Doing some things like that so that you've got some days during the week that um, you're able to get that kind of nutrient-dense meal in your child with some variety of food, but not having to sacrifice a ton of time to make that happen. And I'd also just point out that um, I think that, you know, some parents think that the frozen produce or canned produce is not as nutrient-dense as fresh, and that's really not true. Hmm. Um, it used to be, but we're better at, at, you know, taking the produce from the farm and throwing it into a freezer bag. And then, you know, it actually, it, in some cases, that frozen produce will have more nutrients than the fresh because it went straight from the farm into the bag, into the freezer, where it was maintaining those nutrients better than some fresh produce that has to travel across the country and it has a lot of time before you actually get to eat it. So I would really encourage parents, because it's so much more convenient, to explore the frozen food section and the canned food section because those are also less expensive. How does something like that get better over time? They just like flash freeze it or something? Yeah, we've learned more about how to do the processing, right? Yes, that's huh. true. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it is a, it's good to know that. And, and I, um, you know, I, we talk about budget, you know, how can we eat healthy on a budget, which feels very challenging and can be. Yeah. And, and frozen produce, you know, it, it really is a lot less expensive in most cases um, than some of the fresh stuff. Mm -hmm, definitely. Food seems so just a huge part of our culture. Like we have a big meal on Thanksgiving or on your birthday, you get a birthday cake or, or sometimes food can even feel like a reward. Like if you're good, you'll get a cookie or something. But I mean, is that a good way to do things? You know, I, I think that again, you know, we have to look at a big picture here and once in a while things like that happen and it's, you know, fine. I think if on a regular basis, we're using food as a reward or punishment. The research is clear um, that you are more likely to have a picky eater when food is used as reward or punishment. You are also more likely to have a child who is in, it, it becomes a power struggle with food. And it also changes their relationship with food. If the end game is that we want our kids to have a healthy relationship with food and not 
binge when they're sad or, you know, go out and binge when they're happy. If, if we really want our kids to, to see food as what it is and it's, you know, nutrients and it's something we should be eating and, and satisfying our needs, then, then we really need to think about how we use food with our kids. So, I mean, I, you know, holidays and parties and celebrations, they often do include food and that's great. I mean, many cultures have very different approaches to food and I think celebrating that is great. I think what, what can be helpful when you're talking about picky eating in children really is to, to expose them to lots of different foods and have some patience while they get to explore it and, and let them listen to their body so that you know they're eating when they're hungry. And I think positive praise, like saying, your child says to you, I'm really thirsty and you give them a glass of water to also say, I'm glad you're listening to your body. Here's a glass of water. Are there other things you can do when the kids are really, really young? to get them to open their minds up to more foods? Sure, yeah, really your best window. Um, if, if, you're, if, you're, you know, if your child's not too old in this conversation, um, right around the, those ages of six to nine months when they're starting to get the, their first solid foods, up until about the age of two, they're very interested in exploring food. And so that's your window. Give them a, a lot of variety and, and just you know, introduce them to lots of things, something you can do even after the age of two is to take them to the grocery store or the farmer's market and encourage them to pick out whatever produce looks interesting to them. And uh-huh. then you go home as a, as in, and work it out, figure it, you don't really not know what it is either. And, and you guys can figure out how to cook it together. And maybe, you know, you'll, you'll come up with lots of different things you could do with that food. And I like to have conversations with kids about their food that go something like, well, if you didn't like it this way, I wonder if, if we cooked it differently, if you'd like it, or maybe if we just tried it raw, you'd like it. Can babies um, like taste your food when you're pregnant? Yeah. So that, that, I, that's very true. Uh, kids are developing their flavor preferences in the womb. So whatever mom is eating, baby is tasting that and getting, um, getting comfortable with those flavors. And, and that's true with breast milk as well. So you know, a, a mom taking in lots of those, like a variety of foods, the types of foods that you would like your child to eat, that is going to make that child much more likely to respond positively to those foods later. It seems like so often with this show, the core concept is just put the energy in. Like if you put the energy in on this, you're going to get results. And it seems just like that for food. Like you have to be willing, if you want your child to grow up with healthy habits, doing these things, it takes a little more energy and you may not always get there at the given day. But if you just have a general philosophy that you're going to try, that seems to make a big difference. I think think you're right. And I, and I think that, you know, sometimes when we want to make changes, um, we have to just accept that there it's, there's going to be some discomfort in that, you know, we're going to have to alter our schedule some way. Maybe we have to make time for that. If if it matters, if it's something that you really want to be true, then you do have to kind of step back and say, okay, well, if I'm going to make this true, I have to do something different. And if I'm going to do something different, maybe that'll be uncomfortable, or maybe that will take a little more time from something else. So if it's worth it, if it's something that matters, then, you know, you have to make that choice. Any type of progress requires a little suffering. It really does. I think getting comfortable with discomfort is really the best way to get yourself to make a change. And, and, you know, depending on the age of your kids, when you decide that you want to 
you know, kind of work on this, I think that it's fair to just have open conversations with them too about that very thing and just say, you know, as a family, I'd like to see us try and eat a lot more um, plants, you know, this year. So I, I, I want to explore all of the ways we can do that as a family. And let's just kind of, we can, we can like and dislike different things, but let's just as a family try to decide to explore this. Totally. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Tanya. Sure. It was fun. Change is hard. Change is not easy. Bettering ourselves is difficult, but it all starts with one step. That's how you build some momentum. This has been the Parental Compass presented by Family Education and Support Services. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace.